I am the Oracle 007, and yes, I do approve this message. Therefore, I'd like to ask you to like, comment, and subscribe to our channel that is dedicated to the truth. So, okay, y'all, come on, let's get into this. Copyright Disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Copyright Disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Now, before we begin into this episode's informational, I'd like to announce some light housekeeping. My video YouTube pick recommendations that I found to be very interesting will be included in this segment. Additionally, I've also included some educational references to what I believe that you will find as awesome listens that are from time to time coming from audiobooks or documentaries that I have found to be most particularly interesting to the world around us along with some fascinating news stories that may be related to weird science or black organizational and community news that may be followed up with the occasional story time from time to time. Alrighty then, now let's get into the housekeeping. Please be honest yet mindful in the comment section, especially due to the channels being monitored by enemies who disagree with Hebrew teachings and are causing our channels to be heavily censored or striked. Just know that unless I tell you your comment was crass and it will be removed, more than likely, YouTube is doing the monitoring and the removal. Additionally, the information shared here so that we are not simply subject to YouTube will be made available on alternate channels such as I Am The Oracle podcast on Spotify and Odyssey in addition to Linktree, which provides access to most of the avenues uh, connections on social media. So let's get started, shall we? The Oracle's YouTube video recommendations for this particular segment of episode three is the K Judah exploring why Miriam was put outside the camp as opposed to Aaron. Now, although they both spoke against Moshe, the title of the message is why Miriam was punished and not Aaron. So please take a look at that video very interesting, gives a bunch of new insight and delivers a new flash. It was not because she was a woman. So he gets into that and I appreciate him for it. The second YouTube video recommendation that I have is the shoe make way. Now I am a very balanced person. I have the ability to 
um, eat the fish and spit out the bones. And I listen to a number of people, whether you love them, hate them or not. I like to at least still kind of gain some insight to whatever it is that they're saying. And I love the shoemake way. He gives a tremendous insight into his message about the truth about non-submissive black women. I think that this is something that everybody needs to listen to. Whether you love or hate black women, he makes a point. Me personally, I do believe men need to be mindful of what you're asking as it pertains to this. Who wants to just have a slave? And it just brings me back to that particular place in coming to America where Eddie Murphy is talking to the beautiful Vanessa Bell Calloway, I think that's her name, and tells her to jump up and down on one foot and bark like a dog. This is essentially what you are getting, even though she is beautiful and actually does have a mind of her own. Who wants that? Also, I think it's also necessary that ladies must be mindful in what you attempt to conform to. Uh, Even if this person you feel is worth it, why would you want to be a Barbie doll and just have a blanked out mind? Who wants that? (sighs) Anyway, I've got my third video recommendation for this particular episode as well, which is PBM, Vegetables and Junk Food. This brother I love. I would refer to him as a teacher of finance, but I respect him mainly for his disassembly of what is insanely becoming the foolishness and the foolish conversation of the high value man. Whatever that is, you find out what it is, somebody let me know. I'll probably still decide to agree or disagree with you. However, I bless him because he has a problem with this rise of red pillars in MGTOW, uh, men who call for the total dominion and sometimes annihilation of women, especially, you know, given the fact that he is the father of a son and he is also the employer of that said son's mother. And it sounds like they have a very good working relationship and are able to get along. And he has expressed the fact that they are very close. And I believe I can recall even seeing one video where one young uh, red pillar on the rise had written to him or someone else kind of stating this was something that they didn't want to get involved in. They found it very um, irregular. Something wasn't sitting well in their spirit. So I'm grateful in even seeing this gentleman here. But this particular video that he has put out was more so bringing to light an incident that had occurred in a Whole Foods in Northern California and him not even seeing uh, Whole Foods at the time having responded to it. So this is an alarm sound where the Whole Foods customer and a butcher were kind of going back and forth. And mind you, I'm telling you, this is not the loss prevention officer. It wasn't security. It wasn't the police. This was the butcher who was doing the racial profiling of the customer to which at that time, Whole Foods had not responded. So I'd like to ask everybody to please take a look at that video and Uh, Go into the comment section, light it up, or find out what we need to do to get to Whole Foods 
or find out whether or not they've already responded as it pertains to this matter. And lastly, I wanted to go over an educational reference that I visit ever so often. And this is a video on Amazon and it is called The Hidden Faith of the Founding Fathers. Very important listen to. It is, yes, a three hour documentary. However, who's to say that you can't break this up over the course of time? Okay, you need to listen to it. Does it give all the information that you need? Absolutely not. Because some of these things that you're going to already know, and some of these things you will not, but it shows you how they take this mix of religion and take things out of context that the so-called forefathers of this country who are said to have made this such a wonderful Christian nation and have considered these things were absolutely not doing, especially when you consider what we see as Christianity now. So this is a documentary from 2005 that I would refer to as the Christian Evangelical Viewpoint on how the United States so-called forefathers were able to use Illuminism, Freemasonry, of course, fake patriotism or fake triotism, as I like to refer to as it, uh, Protestantism, Catholicism, who the slaves they mention referred to as the Scarlet Woman. So our ancestors were very well aware of what this was and how they use the age of reason. And you want to find out more about the age of reason, just pull up the Georgia Guidestones and you will see this is the mindset of where they were coming from. Um, they use these things and other shenanigans that aided in advancing this very nation into its continual state of witchcraft through what we see as oaths, obelisks, secret organizations, religions, memorials, pledges into their constitutions, and etc. So these are not holy things. These are not righteous thoughts. These people came here to fight for the right to live as debaucherously as they possibly could. And if you don't believe me, anybody that had been even following up on some of the things about Benjamin Franklin and seeing that he was a ladies man, uh, <laughs> these people did not live the lives that Everyone is trying to express to us that they did and what they were so involved in. They only used this because at that time of the rise of Christianity. So just want to let you know whether they are Democrat or Republican, whether they are Protestant or Catholic, the church and the government, and even from what we are seeing now from the camps and those people who tell us that they are believers in the truth, seeing them holding hands now with 503Cs that will help make them wealthy, just like some of these church pastors. And you can see these things even as I'm considering uh, this one. I'm finding about, about this gentleman, this uh, one said brother Rakar and whatever he's got going on. So, these people are using state avenues to, again, become wealthy like church pastors. 
It's a three-hour documentary. It tells a lot, but it doesn't tell everything. But just remember, when we're looking at all these things, none of it is righteousness. They are two wings of the same dirty bird all headed to the same destination that we do not want to go to. So um, let's keep those things into consideration. And also, here's one fun fact. I just found out that the etymological origin of the word religion is French, and it comes from a Latin word meaning to bind. Again, it comes from a Latin word meaning to bind, the etymological origin of the word religion. So let us file that under things that make you go, hmm. So there it is. We've got that insight. And now for the news. The news can be so daunting and disappointing. But when I saw this story, I don't even know what to say. It is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And I am wondering what in the world is going on with our people. So this is from KTLA 5. This article reads from November 5th. A woman charged in connection with the death of her eight-year-old son, whose skeletal remains decomposed for months inside of a Houston-area apartment with three surviving but abandoned siblings, continued to receive government assistance on his behalf even after he was allegedly beaten to death by her boyfriend. Again, how many times are we going to hear these stories? The child was allegedly beaten to death by her boyfriend boyfriend, a prosecutor said on Friday. Gloria Williams, 35, remains jailed after being charged with felony injury to a child by omission, injury to a child causing serious bodily injury, and tampering with evidence, human corpse. Ugh, my father, help me. Her boyfriend, Brian W. Coulter, 31, has been charged with murder and also remains jailed. Hmm. There would have been two murders. Okay. I, 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 anyway, let me finish reading this. During a court hearing on Friday, Andrea Beal, a prosecutor with the Harris County District Attorney's Office, said that Williams abandoned her three surviving children and her actions showed that she was failing her primary duties as a mother. And if I must agree with this, you are this man's girlfriend. He is your boyfriend. There's no actual, complete, total, firm commitment here. So thus, these children that you had, and you had many at 35, are your primary duties your primary duty as a mother. I completely agree with this. Bill said that Williams had been receiving about $2,000 a month in government assistance for three of her children, including for eight-year-old Kendrick Lee. Look, my God, you know, oh my goodness, help me, Father, this baby, this baby. 
After Kendrick was killed, Williams continued receiving assistance on his behalf, Beale said. Authorities have said that two of Williams's children might be on the autism spectrum. So that would have made three altogether, inclusive of the young man that passed away. The authorities allege that Coulter beat Kendrick to death in front of two of the child's siblings sometimes around Thanksgiving last year. So although they're saying months here, this has actually been a year that this child's body has been decomposing in that apartment. I mean, no decency to even bury it. They let his body... (sighs) They just let his body be infested with roaches and flies. This is hard to get through, but I'm going to uh, do my best to at least get to the meat of it as if we hadn't already heard the meat of it already. This is just it's disgusting. <sighs> Authorities allege that Coulter beat Kendrick to death in front of two of the child's siblings sometime around Thanksgiving last year. Kendrick's three surviving brothers, ages 7, 10, and 15, were left to fend for themselves in the apartment that had no furniture and became infested with roaches and flies after Williams and Coulter moved out in March. The audacity, the audacity, the audacity. You moved out in March, left those babies there. Oh my goodness, you went on with your life. (sighs) Beale said that Friday, Williams and Coulter moved to another apartment that was furnished and that Williams acknowledged to the investigators that she moved out so she could keep her son's body hidden. The surviving siblings lived with Kendrick's remains until the 15-year-old called the deputies last month. My gosh, what is going on with our people? We experience trauma through so many things that have just, you know, carried forth especially from the slavery experience. And I believe that and oftentimes it looks like we often get into relationships with one another, male and female, the friends, the fa- through trauma bonding. And you begin to see this as a serious, this is a mental illness. I could almost say that this is like, post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, it's awful. (sighs) This is terrible. These babies have now experienced this extra trauma by living with this body for a year. And and listen to this. So this man just has a, a great hatred 
that he is just beating up on her children. He uses them as punching bags. So listen to this. Authorities allege that Coulter also punched the 10-year-old child in a jaw just a few weeks before the body was discovered and that neither he nor Williams got the child any sort of medical care. So you've already killed one of her children. Now you've punched the 10-year-old in the jaw because a big old man would need to punch a child in the jaw. And then you don't get him any medical care. So Beale told the state judge Kelly Johnson during Friday's hearing that the 10-year-old's jaw became infected and that it required reconstructive surgery. What is going on with our people? Okay. What's happening here? He's beating her kids and she won't leave. And he's probably living off of her $2,000 in government assistance to help him. And you're letting him use your children as a punching bag. They said that this is an ongoing investigation. The more that you read right now, I cannot read any more of this, but this story was just so disturbing. Anyway, I had to share it. (sighs) We're going to get into the lesson that we want to continue from last week as it pertained to a woman's place in the scriptures. Does a woman have any place in this world? Because oftentimes we are hearing from so many brothers and camps and other people who are saying there's really no use for us and that there's no ear to our voice. So, you know, what is the point? And it's sad when I'm beginning to see a lot of brothers talking like this. And if there's no use for the woman, except for you to jump up and down on her, then what is the purpose of you? Especially if you're stating that initially her purpose was to love and nurture and teach the children. So you're bringing children into this world that you can just jump on top of her up and down on her and then that's it. That's all she's good for. And I'd like to say this is not true. So anyway, after that disturbing story, we're going to go into the scriptures as it pertains to the women's place in this world, I believe that Yah definitely hears our voice. More in a moment. In episode two, We visited Jasher 20, where we talked about Sarai, who we would probably kind of look to as the matriarch for the truth of where we are now 
and Avraham or Abraham being the patriarch. And we talked about Sarai's beauty granting Abraham riches and wealth and the fact that he was able to secure land wherever he was. So in visiting that particular scripture in Jasher 20, something in me just wanted to take it back just a little bit further um, where we could at least go to Jasher 15 and discover whether or not the things that we are learning that some camps or some men in the truth are teaching about the fact that women don't have any worth in the scriptures and that we need to keep our mouths shut and etc 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 is not true these things are not true i believed as i always have because the most high has always heard me and has always been there for me that he hears his daughters he hears his daughters of zion so um i wanted to go into jasher chapter 15 which i don't want to say that i found equally as funny but i did okay and so let's start reading there because i have to know is it true what these people what these men and some of these women are agreeing to that women have no place. There's no worth in us in the scriptures that the Most High does not have to use us. And I'm finding those things to be untrue. So um, chapter 15 in the book of Jasher, I'm seeing where it says, And in the year there was a heavy famine throughout the land of Canaan, or Canaan, and in the inhabitants of the land could not remain in an account of the famine, for it was very grievous. And Avram to Mitzrahim, I'm sorry, and Avram and all belonging to him rose and went to Mitzrahim on account of the famine. And when they were at the brook of Mitzrahim, they remained there some time to rest from the fatigue of the road. And Avraham and Sarai were walking at the border of the brook of Mizraim. And Avraham beheld his woman, Sarai, that she was very beautiful. Look at that. Isn't that a beautiful sentiment? Her husband and she are just walking around the border of the brook at Mizraim. And he's just looking at her. You can see this. He's just looking at her and he sees that she is very beautiful. Not like he's never noticed it before, but it was just something about that moment. So Avram says to his woman Sarai, since Elohim has created you with such a beautiful countenance, I'm afraid of the Mitzrayim, lest they should slay me and take you away. For fear of Elohim is not in these places. Mm. Fear of Elohim is not in these places. And again, that little comment takes me back to when I was telling you about the hidden faith. 
of the fathers who took Freemasonry and etc. from these lands. Okay. And he's telling you right here, the patriarch of where we are in the truth, that the fear of Elohim is not in these places because it was within them about their own power. Okay. He tells her in verse five, surely then shall you do this. Say that you are my sister to all that may ask you in order that it be well with me and that we may live and not be put to death. And Avraham commanded the same to all those that came with him to Mitzrayim on account of the famine. Also his nephew Lot, he commanded saying, if the Mitzrayim ask you concerning Sarai, say she is the sister of Avram, and yet with all these orders, Avram did not put confidence in them. So he's telling all these people what to do, and he still didn't feel the confidence that he needed, that he could trust them to not put her in harm and danger, nor himself. But he took Sarai and placed her in a chest and concealed it amongst their vessels. For Avram was greatly concerned about Sarai on account of the wickedness of the Mitzrayim. Again, he was greatly concerned about Sarai on account of the wickedness of the Mitzrayim. So while we're being told that you have no worth, that you need to shut up, that you're not there for any other reason, then for the men to jump up and down on and do their business and keep it going. This is not this man, this love that they have. He was greatly concerned about Sarai. There was a purpose for her. And she had a man that truly, truly loved her and protect her. He hid her in their valuables and Abraham and all belonging to him. This is in verse eight rose up from the brook of Mitzrayim came to Mitzrayim and they had scarcely entered the gates of the city. When the guards stood up to them saying, give tithe to the king for which you have, and then you may come into the town and Abraham and those that were with him did so. And Abraham with the people, that were with him came to Mitzrayim. When they came, they brought the chest which Sarai was concealed. And the Mitzrayim saw the chest. And the king's servants approached Avram saying, What have you here in this chest that we have not seen? Now open you the chest and give tithes to the king of all that it contains. And Avram said, This chest I will not open. <laughs> but all you demand upon it, I will give. So I'm, I will give you everything that you are asking for, except for what is in this chest. Isn't that beautiful? He, above everything, he said, all that you ask, I will give. 
but this chest I will not open. And this chest contained his most precious, his wife, his beautiful woman that he recognized was very beautiful. And that he also recognized that there was no fear of Elohim anywhere. I just think that this is such a lovely sentiment. And any time I think about any daughter of Zion being under the tutelage of anyone who's going to sit here and say that there is no worth in you. You are no one to the most high. And to think that this is okay. I cannot allow this to sit. I'm not a feminist. I don't believe in these things. But this has got to stop. And the daughters of the Most High need to know that there's a worth within them. Okay? There is a worth in you. Abraham said, and I'm going back to verse 11. This chest I will not open, but all you demand upon it, I will give. The Pharaoh's officers answered Avram, saying, It is a chest of precious stones. Give us the tenth thereof. And Avram said, All that you desire, I will give. This is the second time he is saying this. I'm confirming, I'm telling you, I'm not opening this. Bit, bam, boom. The king's officers pressed Avram and they reached the chest and opened it with force. So the man did protect his woman. He would not open that chest. They opened it with force and they saw and behold, a beautiful woman was in the chest and when the officers of the king beheld Sarai, they were struck with admiration of her beauty. And listen, it wasn't just the officers. It said all the princes and servants of the Pharaoh assembled to see Sarai, for she was very beautiful. And the king's officers ran and told the Pharaoh, oh, all that they had seen. And they praised Sarai to the king. And the Pharaoh ordered her to be brought and the woman came before the king and Pharaoh beheld Sarai and she pleased him exceedingly. And he was struck with her beauty and the king rejoiced greatly on her account and made presents to those who brought him the tidings concerning her. So all his officers all his servants, everybody that came bragging on this woman's beauty, Sarai, he gave them gifts. And then the woman was then brought to Pharaoh's house and Avram grieved. Okay, he, he didn't say she was just a woman, you know, F her, whatever. She's nobody. I could always get another one. It's a Avram grieved on account of his woman and he prayed to Yahuwah to deliver her from the hands of Pharaoh and Sarai also prayed at that time listen I want this to be a lesson to you Sarai also prayed at that time and said oh Yahuwah Elohim you did tell my Lord Avram to go from his land 
from his father's house to the land of Canaan. And you did promise to do well with him if he would perform your commands. Now behold, we have done that which you command us. We left our land and our families. We went to a strange land to a people whom we have not known before. And we came to this land to avoid the famine and this evil accident has befallen me. Now therefore, O Yahuwah Elohim, deliver us and save us from the hand of this oppressor. Deliver us from the hand of this oppressor and do well with me for the sake of your mercy. Pay close attention to what I'm about to say in verse 19. Okay, let us first go back to verse 16 and 17. The woman was brought to Pharaoh's house and Avram grieved on account of his woman. He prayed to Yahuwah to deliver her from the hands of the Pharaoh. And Sarai also prayed at that time. Okay, that is the portion of verse 16. So now we're here in 19. And Yahuwah hearkened to the voice of Sarai. What? Not Avraham? Not Avram? Avram prayed first. Sarai was praying at the same time. Why didn't it say that Yahuwah hearkened to the voice of Avram only? They were praying at the same time. He is her head. And here she even refers to him in verse 17. And Sarai also prayed at the same time. Oh, Yahuwah Elohim, you did tell my Lord. He, she refers to him as her Lord, her head. To go from his land, from his father's house to the land of Kenyon. And you did promise to do well with him. These are the things that Sarai is saying about him. And if he would perform your commands, now behold, we have done what you did command us. And we left our land and our families and we went to a strange land and to a people whom we have not known before. And we came to this land to avoid the famine and this evil accident has befallen me. Now, therefore, O Yahuwah Elohim, deliver us and save us from the hand of the suppressor and do well with me for the sake of your mercy. Now, if she was no one to the Most High, can somebody please explain to me for everyone who is giving these false teachings that women have no place in the scriptures as far as it's concerning to the Most High or to men that he has given the woman to and not to all men. Okay, 
only to the ones who have visions, only to the ones who are going to be able to sustain her and righteously do right by her. Okay. We're not given to just anybody and anything. We're not a piece of meat being tossed at a dog. That is not going to happen. So if she was nobody, why would he then hearkened in verse 19? Okay. Jasher 15 verse 19. It says, Yahuwah hearkened to the voice of Sarai. Just completely bypassed whatever it was that Avram was praying. And he hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Yahuwah sent an angel to deliver Sarai from the power of Pharaoh. The king came and sat before Sarai, and behold, an angel of Yahuwah was standing over them. <laughs> this is like one of those Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa moments. The king has sent his servant and is on like Donkey Kong right here, okay? The king came and sat before Sarai, and behold, an angel of Yahuwah was standing over them. And he appeared to Sarai, and he said to her, Do not fear, for Yahuwah has heard your prayer. Oh my goodness, I'm about to faint. <laughs> this is wonderful. Ladies, stop listening to these lies that these clowns are out here teaching. Okay, stop listening to it. Yahuwah was, and the angel of Yahuwah was standing over them and he appeared to Sarai. This is verse 20 of chapter 15. And said to her, do not fear for Yahuwah has heard your prayer. The king approached Sarai and said to her, what is that man to you who brought you thither, hither? And she said, he is my brother. And the king said, and, 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 and let me go back into this. She is still thinking about what her husband told her to say. And so she says it, even though the angel of the Most High Yah is standing right there. She didn't say, this is my husband. She sees him clearly. He appears to her, tells her not to fear, and still says what her husband told her to say. Isn't that something? Isn't that remarkable? <sighs> Sarai said, and the king approached Sarai and said to her, this is verse 21. What is that man to you who brought you hither? And she said, he is my brother. And the king said, it is incumbent upon us to make him great, to elevate him and to do unto him all the good which you shall command us. And at that time, the king sent Avram silver and gold and precious stones in abundance together with cattle, men servants and maid servants. And the king ordered Avram to be brought and he sat in the court of the king's house and the king greatly exalted Avram on that night. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say this again just a little louder for the 
folks in the back. I really don't want to say folks. I was about to say, you know, that word that people don't like, but just for the niggers in the back who did not understand what I just read out of the scriptures. The king approached Sarai in verse 21 and said to her, what is the man to you that brought you hither? And she said, he is my brother. And the king said, it is incumbent upon us, upon us to make him great, to elevate him and to do unto him all that is good, which you shall command us didn't say what Avram commanded it said to do all that is good and to elevate him and everything all these wonderful things based upon whatever Sarai was to command them that army that king his folks his servants and it said, and at that same time, the king sent Avram silver and gold and precious stones in abundance together with cattle, men servants, maid servants. The king ordered Avram to be brought and he sat in the court of the king's house. He even sat in the court of the king's house based upon what? The fact that he was hiding this devastatingly beautiful woman. Who is any one of us in his chest, his wife, as he cared for her like that, that thing grieved him and immediately going into that land to get away from a famine that was in their land, he was immediately elevated because of who, because of what? her beauty because of who she was and they said based upon whatever she said he was going to continue to be elevated ladies and brothers I'm telling you all you better stop listening to that foolishness okay when the scriptures clearly state even for those who are married, that when you mistreat your wife, that the Most High Yah does not hear your prayers. So don't even bother opening your mouths to ask him for anything. Maybe that's part of the reason why so many of them are in terrible places. Until you treat your wife right if you're mistreating your wife so and i'm sure that that's also going to include your family do not expect that he should even hear your prayers okay this brother here the patriarch grieved over his woman being taken from him because he could not fight an entire army he grieved over her being taken but the most high hearkened unto her voice because she she still referred to him as lord she still said to the king whatever it was that he told her to say 
she was in lock and sync with him, but she could be because of the way he loved her. And even before all of this had befallen them, he was telling her how beautiful she was. He was afraid because these people didn't fear the most high. Stop listening to these people telling you these men teaching these falsehoods it is an abomination as nobody is going and then telling you that it is the word of Yah absolutely not absolutely not <sighs> that's powerful he, he became he was already wealthy but he became an even wealthier man within moments because of that beautiful woman so we're going to verse 23 and the king approached to speak to Sarai and he reached out his hand to touch her and the angels smote him heavily and he was terrified and he refrained from reaching to her and when the king came near to Sarai the angel smote him to the ground and acted thus to him the whole night so he tortured this angel of Yah who came to Sarai told Sarai the most high Yahuwah has heard your prayer and he has sent me and I'm about to do some damage up in here every he couldn't even come near her he couldn't even come near her he couldn't touch her okay not only that let, let and he tortured him all night but let's go a little bit further so we went to verse 24 where it said he did this to him the entire night and the king was terrified and the angel on that night smote heavily what all the servants of the king his whole household on account of sarai and there was a great lamentation on that night amongst the people of the pharaoh's house and the pharaoh seeing the evil had befallen him surely on account of this woman has this thing happened to me and he removed himself at some distance from her and spoke pleasing words to her and the king said to Sarai, tell me, I pray you concerning the man with whom you came here. And Sarai said, now she says it. This man is my man. And I said to you that he was my brother, for I was afraid, lest you should put him to death through wickedness. The king kept away from Sarai and the plagues of the angel of Yahuwah ceased from him and his household and Pharaoh knew Pharaoh forgive me knew that he was smitten on account of Sarai and the king was greatly astonished at this and in the morning the king called for Abram and said to him what is this that you have done to me and why did you say she is my sister owing to which I took her unto me to be my woman and this heavy plague has therefore come upon me and my household now therefore here is your woman take her and go from our land lest we all die on her account <laughs> anyway let me keep reading 
And Pharaoh took more cattle. Listen, listen, okay? He did right. Return the man, his woman. And then, as if that wasn't enough, as if Pharaoh took more cattle, men servants, and maid servants, and silver, and gold to give Abram. And he returned unto him Sarai, his woman. And the king took a maiden whom he had begot by his concubines, and he gave her to Sarai for his handmaid. Okay, so he took this handmaid that was his daughter with a concubine. Okay, and gave her to Sarai for a handmaid. And the king said to his daughter, it is better for you, my daughter, to be a handmaid in this man's house than to be a mistress in my house. Yuck. I hope I'm reading this correctly. So this was his actual daughter that he had had with a concubine. But it looks like this was also a mistress of his. I'm disgusted. Okay. After we had beheld, and I, if I'm reading this incorrectly, then my brother K. Judah can let me know. <laughs> Just because I'm sitting here like, I think I'm reading this correctly. After we beheld the evil that befell on us on account of this woman, and Avram rose, and he and all belonging to him went away from Mitzrayim, and the Pharaoh ordered some of his men to accompany him, and all that went with him. And Avram returned to the land of Kenyon, to the place where he had made the altar, where he had first pitched his tent. Isn't that something? All of this happened, all of this happened on behalf of Sarai. On behalf of Sarai, y'all, okay? <sighs> Please stop listening to these clowns, to these low-key MGTOW or men going their own way or red pillars, people who do not care for uh, women who are telling you that you are nobody, there's no worth in you, Th these things are not true. Stop listening to this foolishness because these stories and the scriptures, if you're not studying them for yourself, they go on and on and on. I'd even gone to chapter 19 in the book of Jasher, where it's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, but it's referring to them as Sidom and Amorah. Okay. So it's talking about in one situation in, let's go here, chapter 19. I believe that it is. For a child, I believe, that had been given to Lot that was feeding a man uh, secretly because they just had this particular culture of theirs where it's a lot like how it is what we're seeing right now. It's very predatory. They would 
either give you money and then command that the city not feed you send out an entire decree wait for you to die so they can take all your stuff it, this is the kind of atmosphere that it was okay and, and you almost just can't believe it if you were not living in that time right now and if you were not experiencing that right now with a bunch of people teaching that women have no place in any of this okay in this one particular scripture let's go to um verse 36 in chapter 19 and, and this is just a real quick run over again you are in a predatory environment such as this in sodom and gomorrah because these people were so wicked and again i'm going to repeat if it was food that they were giving you, they would command everybody not to give you water. It was always something because they waited for you to die so that they could all take your stuff. But let's go to verse 36 in that chapter. And it said in the city of Adma, there was a woman whom they did the like. And it's talking about what happened in the previous verses where there was a woman that was helping a man there that was starving and the people of Saddam and Amora assembled kindled a fire in the street took the woman cast her onto the fire and she was burned to ashes so here we are they did the same thing in the city of Adma there was a woman to whom they did the like for a traveler came into the city of Adma to abide there all night with the intention of going home in the morning he sat opposite of the door of the young woman's father to remain there. The sun had set when he had reached that place and the young woman saw him sitting by the door of the house and he asked her for a drink of water and she said to him, who are you? And he said to her, I was on this day going on the road and reached here when the sun set. So I'll abide here all night and in the morning I'll arise and continue on my journey. And the young woman went to the house, fetched the man bread and water to eat and drink and this affair became known to the people of Admon. they assembled and brought the young woman before the judges that they should judge her for this act L listen what did she do wrong this is how evil this place was so in verse 41 it says the judge said the judgment of death must pass upon this woman because she transgressed our law and therefore is decision this is the concision decision concerning her the people of the city assembled and brought out the young woman anointed her with honey from head to foot the judge had decreed and placed her before a swarm of bees which were in their hives and the bees flew upon her and stung her that whole body had that her whole body had swelled then the young woman cried out on account of the bees, but no one took notice of her or pitied her. And her cries ascended to heaven. And what do I see here? Verse 44 of this very chapter. It said, Yahuwah was provoked at this and all the works of the cities of Saddam 
for they had an abundance of food and tranquility among them and still would not sustain the poor and the needy in those days their evil doings and their sins became great before Yahuwah and Yahuwah sent for two of his angels that had come to Abraham's house to destroy Saddam and its cities. Oh, I'm sorry. It said no one took notice of her or pitied her and her cries ascended to heaven and Yahuwah was provoked at this and all the works of the cities of Saddam. Stop listening to these clowns. The Most High hears you. Anybody, any father that will say, if you are mistreating your wife, he doesn't even hear your prayers, means that he is concerned about you ladies. Do not listen to this foolishness any longer. Trust the Most High hears you. Do his will. Take him in as your husband. Okay? And I know some of you may be married. Some of you that are not enjoy this time of singlehood and free freedom. I don't want to use that word. Enjoy this time of singlehood and liberty to enjoy being married to the most high your first estate with him okay all right gonna go into story time in a minute i might have to do a part three for this It was a pleasure spending this time with you. Just want to let you know a little bit more information I've been learning. Um, as we are coming into the knowledge of what a woman's worth is actually to the most high, I think it's very important to go as deep as we can. I don't want to go too far where... I'm going off the deep end, but um, I'd finally had an opportunity to look into what I believe they refer to as the pseudographia, um, the book of Adam and Eve, and that's book one, book two, and book three. But I wanted to go back as far as I could to find out if there was anything um, that given that particular relationship was going to be a major problem was adam ever extremely disrespectful to his woman as well and from what i was able to determine there was nothing that i was able to find and he had gone through such an extreme grief as a matter of fact both of them had in their separation from the most high and then it appears that their bodies went from one state like has been described of angels to another um 
but I don't believe as far as I've been taught or what I've known that angels can go from a state of being anything other than that a state that they were originally created in being created beings but Adam and Eve had apparently gone through in a different estate with the tremendous grief to the point that they had uh well I don't want to ruin it for anybody that wants to read it but you go through a continual state of of death with them because of the grief that they were going through but I went back to kind of examine their relationship and these two were very tight they were very close even given all that had happened and I will go into one particular chapter in the first book what was the chapter I'm sorry the first book of Adam and Eve in chapter 18 and this was an instance where they are starting to see themselves being attacked more and more and being tricked more and more um, by Hashatan and being attacked more and more even by the serpent who had allowed Hashatan to use it. But in chapter 18, you can see here where the serpent is very upset. And it says that a cursed serpent saw Adam and Eve and it swelled its head, stood on its tail, and with its eyes, blood red, acted like it was going to kill them. Now it made straight for Eve and ran after her, while Adam, standing by, cried because he had no stick in his hand with which to hit the serpent and did not know how to put it to death, but with a heart burning for Eve Adam approached the serpent and held it by its tail and turned it toward and when it turned toward him it said oh Adam because of you and Eve I am slippery I go on my belly then with its great strength it threw Adam and Eve down and squeezed them and tried to kill them but Yah sent an angel who threw the serpent away from them and raised them up. What I liked here, whether it's true or not, because it is referred to as the pseudographia. So they're thinking that these are some false books. And I guess my studies now have gone to the point with, well, how do you determine why it is pseudographic? Just like I've always wanted to determine for the things that were in the Bible why were these particular items canonized and other things were not? Which you also find out um, in some cases there were things that they didn't want everybody to know, even though they've maintained the information. Everything was not to be shared with the public in essence to kind of keep the people's mindset and everything. So everything has been tampered with and I am just thrilled to be on this journey of the truth. But with this particular thing right here, if there was anybody that was going to be mad and wanted to destroy uh, the woman 
to me, it would have been Adam. But everything that I've somewhat read seems like this, where it says here again, book one of Adam and Eve, chapter 18, with a heart burning for Eve. Adam approached the serpent and held it by its tail. I love seeing things like that. I can only pray that these things are true, but it's just another reminder to stop listening to these shenanigans and remember the scriptures where it's even stating the fact that if a man is not treating his wife right, that the Most High doesn't even hear his prayer. We got to keep going with this and we've got to keep on the discovery of the truths that lie right here in the word. Okay. It's been a pleasure speaking with all of you. I bless you and give you blessings throughout the week. I pray that the most high continues for all of you that continue in him and anybody that stands against him, then he will deal with the way that he desires. Bless you. Shalom. Take care. And until the next time, be blessed.